You're listening to the Revision Path Podcast, a weekly showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. Through in-depth interviews, you'll learn about their work, their goals, and what inspires them as creative individuals. Here's your host, Maurice Cherry. Welcome once again to the Revision Path Podcast. My name is Maurice Cherry. This is episode 63. Wow, can you believe we made it this far? This is great. Uh, I got another great interview for you today, but first let's talk about our sponsors, MailChimp, Hover, and Creative Market. MailChimp is an online email marketing solution for entrepreneurs and small businesses. You can manage your contacts, send emails, and track your results. Join more than 7 million people who use MailChimp to design and send over 500 million emails every day. That's a lot. Sign up today for a free account at MailChimp.com. Hover simplifies domain management like no other company. I use Hover to register all my domains, and I've got dozens of domains. And with the free private registration, it's just so simple. Hover also has a large variety of top-level domains, so you can have a truly unique domain name for your next project. Purchase a domain today and use the promo code RESOLUTION and save 10% off your purchase. Creative Market sells graphics, fonts, themes, photos, and a whole lot more starting at only $2. They give away a selection of free goods every Monday, if you're listening today on Monday, check that out. And they've got great bundle promotions every single month. Creative Market also just turned two years old this month, so congratulations to them. Head over to creativemarket.com and pick up something for your next graphic design masterpiece. Uh, (laughs) A special thanks goes out to Larry Brown and Didi, two listeners who nominated Revision Path for the 10th Annual Podcast Awards. Now, if you're listening right now and this podcast has helped you out in any sort of way, if you really enjoy the guests, if you've gotten some great information from it, please nominate Revision Path for the 10th Annual Podcast Awards in the technology category. Go to podcastawards.com, nominate us today. There'll also be a link with information in the show notes. Now, my presentation for South by Southwest 2015, I've talked about this, uh, it's called Where Are the Black Designers? It's going to take place on March 14th at 5 p.m. at the Austin Convention Center Ballroom E. Now, I'm still raising funds to get there and your help is greatly needed. I've got a link in the show notes to my GoFundMe campaign. With your donations, I can make it out to Austin for South by Southwest, do some interviews while I'm out there. It'll be awesome. I'm at about 30% of my goal right now, so I'm still a long ways away from getting there. The sooner I hit my goal, the better, because you know, plane tickets get more expensive, lodging is already super scarce, so I'm really trying to make this happen. I'm giving myself kind of an unofficial deadline of February 15th to reach that goal, so please, please donate what you can. Lastly, Revision Path is excited to partner with Lesbians Who Tech for the 2015 Lesbians Who Tech Summit in San Francisco. Save 25% off registration with the code LWTREVPATH. Uh, There'll be a link to that and the code and everything in the show notes. All right, now let's get on with this week's interview. When I talked with graphic designer and artist Arielle Wilkins about the best advice she's been given regarding her work, here's what she had to say. I have to say, um, just be yourself, especially in your work. Show yourself in your work. Um, I know there's, just from my personal experience, there's times where I feel like I have to look like this, um, or make it look this way, or it has to be this certain way, or have to follow what this certain designer does. But over time, I begin to realize that, um, I can show, be myself in my work and have my clients love it. So I think that's the main thing, just be yourself with your work. 
This is Revision Path. Let's start the show. All right, so tell us who you are and what you do. I'm Ariel Wilkins. I'm the lead graphic designer working for a content agency in New York, as well as owner of Brother and Sisters, which is a novelty startup for toys and games. Let's talk about Brothers and Sisters. I do want to talk about your agency work, but let's talk about that. Where did you get the idea to start that? Actually, it came from college. I just started drawing all these little characters, like these black characters with different personalities. And I decided to make a whole brand out of it. It actually became my um, thesis, my portfolio thesis. And once I graduated, my teacher told me I'm not done with this. Try to flesh it out. So I decided to like turn brothers and sisters into a whole like figurines, like novelty toys. So that's where (laughs) that's where how it all started. And you're still working on that now? I'm still working on it. It's slowly growing. Actually, yesterday I signed a contract and now I have a business partner and now we're trying to get everything developed, such as searching for manufacturers and other investors and just finding places where we could place these toys. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. (laughs) The uh, business partner, how'd you find them? It's actually my creative director at my current job. Oh, cool. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, out of all places. I also draw uh, wrappers, and Mm -hmm. I decided to turn them into um, cards because I found this card manufacturing company, and I brought them into work, and I was showing my coworker, and my creative director saw them, and he wanted to see more of my work, and he decided to want to help me. Like just as a mentor, because I really don't know the business side of things. And I'm basically new when it comes to trying to get my work out there. And he he has that experience. So it's actually a great, great thing that he wants to help me with this. Yeah, that's that's great. So the the toys that you're making, are they like the little sort of vinyl type of figurines or, or what are they? They're little five inch figurines. And basically the whole idea for brothers and sisters is to show different personalities. So I have a Afrocentric sister or a geek brother or a black Panther brother. It's just so someone can actually relate to that figurine. So if you're like an artist, you have like a little artist figurine that has like a little pencil and a paintbrush in their hand just to show like the span of the black community and just show how big we are, that there's all these different type of personalities and just to eliminate stereotype. Now, from my research that I did before we kind of went into this interview, I looked at your LinkedIn profile and kind of, you know, followed you online and saw what you have done and things like that. And I see that you've had a, some pretty good agency experience. You worked for BBDO for a while. Yes. How was that? It was actually amazing. That was actually my first job right out of college. I actually started out as an intern and after two months they hired me on and I have to say I've learned so much from working there. Um, I met really amazing people and worked on really fun clients. Yeah, it was just amazing working there. And you're working at another agency now, right? Right. Actually, yes. I decided to leave the corporate environment and now work at a small um, content agency. It was only 10 of us. But I get a lot of more projects. I was going to say, what's the kind of the big difference, I guess, besides the the scale of the company between working for a larger agency versus a smaller agency? At a larger agency, you're pretty limited on the clients. You're only, at least for me, I'm only, I was only stuck on three clients. It was very hard to move around. It's very hard to move around in between agencies because they really don't want you to leave your team. 
Mm-hmm. And working at a smaller agency, you get a lot of clients to work on. It's so like you get more work out of it, more experience, because right now I'm more hands-on with everything, talking to clients and with work and just helping out more people. So I have to say it's more experience. Tell me what a typical day is like for you. A typical day, well, it varies. There's times where it's pretty slow, but then there's other times where I'm balancing like five projects at once. It all varies. Right now, since this new year, it's been pretty slow, but I know it's going to pick back up towards uh, spring. But so it all varies. So let's talk about, I guess, your creative workflow when you're starting a new project. Where do you begin? What's your workflow like? I begin by research. If it's like a branding project, I go and research a company and also ask questions with where they see their company going or like what story that they want the branding to tell for them. Then I start sketching out a bunch of logos or like just a bunch of look and feel colors, everything, just to get my mind out on paper, just to see if anything kind of works, uh, matches up. And after I find a few pieces, that's when I actually start placing it down, like making it more finalized just to present. So I have like a little like work, a little process just to like get that completed branding idea out. Are you working with a smaller team at your current agency when you do that? Yes. It's actually only me and my creative director on the graph design side. Okay. My company mainly does editing and post-production for music videos and commercials and broadcasting in general. But recently they started getting a bunch of design, graph design work. And that's why they brought me in. Because, it's, you know, they kept bringing in freelancers and they decided just to bring in someone more permanent. Uh, so it's, I do a lot of the design work, but it's, it also is between me and my creative director. So the job that you had at BBDO, you said that was kind of your first job right out of college. Where did you go to school? I went to School of Visual Arts in New York. Oh, nice. How was that? It was amazing. I've been having my eyes set on SVA since high school. I went to arts high school and every year they have a portfolio review just just for our visual arts department. And that's when I met with the recruiter and he told me everything about SVA and all the successful designers that came out of SVA and who still teach us there. And my eyes were basically set on the school since. How did you kind of first get involved with it? You went to an arts high school, but did you have sort of a passion for it before then? I've always had a passion for art. Uh, I grew up in a very creative environment. My dad was an arts administrator, and he knew a bunch of musicians, artists, dancers. I remember going to art museums and galleries when I was five. And I also remember sketching when I was little. At age seven, my dad even placed me in art class. And that's how I was exposed to actually painting and printmaking. So I always was in that kind of environment. Even with middle school, I went to arts middle school where I did fine arts and then I auditioned and got into my arts high school. So, And so I think that's the reason why I actually went to art school just because I felt more comfortable there. And it was always, you know, I guess that whole stepping ground. (laughs) Have you had any mentors and things that have kind of helped you out along the way? I know earlier you spoke about your creative director, but has there been anyone else? It actually has. It has definitely been my father. He's the biggest mentor I could think of. Just him being there for me and showing me the ropes and giving me advice on where I should go. 
as well as my creative director at my at BBDO. She brought me in and showed me everything I need to know about design and advertising. She even brought me to a shoot in LA, and that was like the first time I've ever been on a shoot and showed me the ropes and how they, you know, basically take everything from a script and put it out on to screen. Do you think that you'd ever get involved with doing some film type stuff like that? I would love to. I think I need more training in that area because right now my mind is more traditional. Recently, my creative director have given me assignments for motion work, style frames. And for some reason, I, I have issues thinking in motion, thinking in movement and storytelling. But I know if I have more training in that, it will help me better my uh, skill in that area. Did you always want to be a designer? Actually, I have it. <laughs> I I kind of uh, flowed through different areas. Growing up, I always wanted to be a cartoonist and an animator because I okay. watched a lot of cartoons and I would actually draw the cartoons. I was obsessed with Hanna-Barbera cartoons and mm-hmm. Cartoon Network, Powerpuff Girls. And so I actually wanted to first be a animator and then around high school, I somehow changed into architect or interior design just because I started making patterns and still screening fabrics and trying to sew pillows and all that. And the reason why I chose graphic design is because I feel like it trains you. It's pretty broad. You could basically go into any direction with a graphic design degree. I think that's why I went towards graphic design. Now, Brothers and Sisters is one of the projects that you're working on now but before that you had a a clothing brand is that right oh yes a break of studios it's actually a handbag company that started my last year of high school uh, and i designed all the patterns and all the fabrics and i had hand sewn every single bag and i actually closed it when i started at bbdl just because of time and i need to dedicate working at bbdl and getting that agency experience but recently, I am planning on relaunching it just because when I Googled the name, a lot of bloggers popped up reposting my work and talking about it. And I didn't real and also realized some of those bloggers were actually my customers. So I'm actually slowly trying to relaunch that as well, um, just because I also miss sewing and designing patterns. So I just really want to like get that out there again. What did that experience teach you? I guess it. It's my first experience in business, which I've never gone before to figure out how to price things and how to basically make the customers happy. Because there's been times where I got had custom orders that I had to fulfill and trying to balance college with running a small business. It basically taught me how to balance multiple projects at once, which actually helps me right now since I am balancing multiple projects at once. Now, have you done some freelance design work too? Actually, I have. My first ever freelance in college was this client who basically brought in the nail stickers. I don't know if you know the like nail stickers with patterns and it sticks on your nails and it lasts a long time. Mm-hmm. She was the first one to bring that into the U.S. And she found me on a college board. And at first, she just wanted me to design patterns for those stickers but she saw my illustration work and my style that she wanted me to rebrand her. And I thought it was amazing. You know, it's definitely experience. And if I didn't 
realize how big it got because it was in stores, it was in Urban Outfitters, Nordstrom's, it was on MTV site, VH1. It was blown up. So it was actually amazing getting that first freelance gig. I didn't, you know, know it would become that big. Yeah, I mean, the fact that your work has been seen in those really big arenas is is something. Do you think you'd ever go back to doing freelance? I've been thinking about I've been kind of juggling whether or not to go freelance. Definitely is a benefit having the various um, clients. But I think for my right now, I want that experience. I want to work with people who have more experience than me because it will help me learn so I could just take off and just go and do my own thing. Who are some of your creative influences? I have to say, I have like a lot of favorite illustrators, like uh-huh. Mike Perry. I love his patterns. I love his illustrations. It's amazing. And I love the fact he takes his illustration and turns it into graphic design with his uses of typography and how he brands like clothing and everything, as well as I want to say Buff Monster is another illustrator I love. He's very fun with his characters and I luckily in Brook I actually live in an area where I see his mural every day so I, I just love his whole line work with everything I really love illustrators who also do design like they have that balance but they don't really rely on computer that much what keeps you motivated and inspired my surroundings definitely every like all my friends my family just seeing what they do that uh, keeps me motivated um just just my surroundings in general keeps me motivated seeing my friends becoming successful and with their design work and seeing at my current job seeing what we're like all the clients that we're that are coming in with projects and that just all keeps me motivated now this is a new year it's 2015 aside from what you're doing with brothers and sisters are there any other kind of new projects that you want to take on and do this year I would love to get into clothing. (laughs) I would love to do plus size clothing just because, well, one thing I would love to make my own clothes. And also I feel like there's not really a big market here for like urban plus size clothing. So that's kind of like my next DIY project (laughs) besides, but I think primarily right now is uh, launching the toys because I feel like that's, uh, I feel like that will blow up soon. And you say kind of the big challenge now is just finding investors and finding, I guess, manufacturers and stuff like that. Yes, it's becoming really difficult because even when we outsource for I have over 22 figurines I want to produce. And even for one for a run of a thousand is 21,000 for just one. (laughs) So we're trying to figure out if there's a way where we could get find a manufacturer that produces smaller quantities or Mm -hmm. have another person come in to invest that's our that's basically our issue right now is just trying to find a way to just get these out there well i know in like the tech industry there's always this talk about funding and and trying to find funding and it sounds like it's similar to what you're you're kind of going through that that whole process where do you find investors for something like that i have to say networking which is why i'm very happy that my creative director decided to be a investor slash partner because he knows a lot of great people who will probably want to invest in this so i have to say networking going to events just showing your work 
might spark some people's interest and will want to invest. Along with actually along with the figurines, I'm making these hip hop cards. And when we manufacture them, we're trying we're gonna actually try and send them out to different clients that we have just to see if they will want to like pitch in and make it grow. Let's say that you had the opportunity to give your teenage self some advice. Young Ariel had had a chance to give her some advice. What would you tell her? I would say have more confidence. (laughs) I have to say as a teenage, I had pretty low confidence about my work and where I'm going. I thought I wouldn't get far with my illustrations. I thought they weren't cool or I just thought they looked really stupid. But over time, as I got older, I just kept at it. And now I'm just... I just love what I'm doing. And I have to say, like, definitely confidence. We need, I need more. I wish I had more confidence as a teenager. Is there anything in particular that you're really excited about at the moment? Like something you're working on or anything else? I would have to say brothers and sisters is probably the most exciting thing just because I've been actually been working on this project for four years and now I'm starting to see it come together so, and I'm hoping by the end of the year, I'll have a few runs, full color figurines, prototypes, everything manufactured. So I'm pretty excited to see where this goes. Now you're located in Brooklyn. There's a lot of people that I've interviewed for the show that are also in Brooklyn. What is kind of the magic about kind of being in Brooklyn in terms of being a creative person? It's definitely the environment there and diversity. There's murals everywhere. There's a bunch of art organizations, like a whole bunch, which is amazing to me. And just everyone you meet, I feel like has some sort of story, which is very, very inspiring. I just love walking and meeting someone who has just like a whole nother background than you. I have to say Brooklyn is really great with keeping like that creative spark coming from Houston Houston, I really didn't have that whole creative community, but coming mm-hmm. to Brooklyn, it's just it's just in your face. Like you get out of subway and you see a huge mural, you see all these like installations, public installations. It's just it's just amazing to me. Are there any particular designers out there whose work that you really admire? I know you mentioned Mike Perry and and uh, some other people, but is there anyone else? I love, I have to say, Sagmeister. I love his stuff a lot. I love how spontaneous he is with his work. And he's very, I have to say, he's very hands-on with his work. Uh, three, the, all the installations he does, I love a lot. As well as my teacher at SVA, Genevieve Williams, she was a typographer. And she worked on various magazines like Rolling Stones and... Um, like Ebony vibe, all of that. And I just love her usage of type. I have to say those are the two main people I love. Would you say that you're pretty satisfied creatively? Is there more that you want to do? There's actually more. There's always more that I want to experience and experiment in. My mind is always going with just like new things to try out. I think my next challenge is After Effects, like motion graphics. Um, Actually, taken a year of that at SVA, but over time I forgot everything. And there's been a few projects or ideas I've had 
one that I want to do that requires After Effects that I just need to reteach myself <laughs> the program. Well, yeah, I was going to say it does factor, at least nowadays, I feel like it factors a lot into animation. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's a way you have like a little animated brothers and sisters short or something yeah i i'm i would love to uh, see as like a cartoon or something right now i'm actually working on like a little comic book but i would love to see them move and talk um, especially since the main features that they have are big lips they have no eyes no nose but it's all about their lips <laughs> so i just want to see them talk <laughs> okay so i'm curious what have your experiences been like being a black woman in design and this sort of really creative design space well being a black woman in design is is interesting just because at my time at bbdl i was literally the only black female in about 200 creatives when i first started but at the same time it was it's pretty cool because everyone was very friendly and you know welcoming but i have to say it's interesting I feel like I had to, there's been times where I feel like I have to prove myself a little more just because I stood out so much. But other than that, I felt like it was an amazing experience. Everyone is very friendly there. You're the only black creative out of 200? Out of 200. Um, well, the only black female. There was, I, only black female. Only, okay. There was actually uh, two males at BBDO, but I was the only black female. <laughs> Okay. Um, is it different now that you're kind of at a smaller agency? It's different. Our team is, since our team is only 10 people, it's pretty diverse. There's a, it's definitely more diverse than um, BBDO, I have to say. Yeah, and I kind of feel like if it's that small, everyone sort of has to get along in that respect. Whereas if it's a larger agency, not saying that there would be any sort of like intra-office strife or anything, but it becomes more important the smaller that the team gets. Yeah, we're like a family over um, at my current place. Um, everyone gets along on Fridays. We have like like a lunch, all lunches together. I have to say it's definitely much more calming than a big agency setting. Okay, outside of, I keep asking like outside of brothers and sisters because I know that's sort of the main mm -hmm. thing that you're doing. But what's the last thing that you really kind of built and worked on that was just for fun? Like it wasn't tied to work. It wasn't tied to one of these other projects. I have to say branding. I just did it for fun. Um, branding my father's cookbook. Okay. Because I, I love branding. I love taking on his branding projects. And over the years, my dad has been collecting recipes and he decided to like turn it into a cookbook. So I've been helping him um, um, lay it out and drawing out all the little you know, mills and settings for him. That's actually been my relaxation as well as there's times where I still screen, where I just make uh, my own still screen items. Somehow I set up a studio in my apartment to do still screen, which has been challenging, but I have to say that's my uh, relaxer. <laughs> okay. So for people that are, are listening that might not be too familiar with that, what is Silk screen, like what is that process? Silk screen is a form of printmaking where you basically shine a black and white image onto uh, this mesh-like frame. It based the light basically burns the image onto the frame, and when you wash out whatever the emulsion, which is the product you put onto the frame to have the image burn out, when you wash it out, the image is 
is shown on the screen. And that's when you run the ink on the screen and it prints out to on basically any type of item you have. And you've got that set up just right in your apartment. Does that take up a lot of space? It, I have like this, I use actually a little halogen lamp. All you need is like a very high wattage light bulb and a uh-huh. dark room. And that's actually all you need in the materials, which are, you know, pretty small. You can store them anywhere. So somehow it's, it's been working out. The only hard thing is buying a place to coat the chemicals onto your screen because it has to be pitch black. Um, oh, and you have to because it's photosensitive. Yeah, and it has to wash out. So I, when I have to coat my screen, I end up doing it in a bathroom in the dark. And luckily, <laughs> I haven't <laughs> fell into my shower. Luckily, I'm I haven't died from doing that. I <laughs> oh, don't say that. Don't say it like that. <laughs> That's the only thing. Are you where you wanted to be at this stage in your life? Actually, I am. I'm somehow everything has came together and there's been doubts of it, you know, working out, especially me coming up to New York, there's been issues, but somehow I came to New York, graduated on time, got an internship right after college, got hired right after my internship. Somehow it just all came together. So I'm very happy with where I am at this moment. Was it a big culture shock kind of coming from from Texas to New York? It was. Everything is much more condensed and the accents got to me a little bit. <laughs> I love the accents <laughs> up here. You know, in Texas, everyone has a Southern accent, but up here it's like that New Yorker accent, which I love. And just everything, like just uh, having a lot of people here. In Houston, it's 4 million people, but everything's spaced out and it has that kind of homey vibe. But mm-hmm. up here... Is so many people and everything's so fast paced that, you know, you kind of have to, I guess, go with the flow and hopefully not get ran over. <laughs> I got you. I, I, whenever I visited New York and I love visiting New York, I haven't been in forever. I'm so overdue for a trip, but I mean, I'm in Atlanta and I know what you mean by everything kind of feels a little slower and more spread out and then you go to new york and everything's fast paced (laughs) hustle 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 go 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 which can be good you know i don't know if it's i guess it's something you just kind of have to get used to once you're in the thick of it right yes and the funny thing is every time i come home my my friends and family they always like to joke because just how my how i change how they're saying i'm becoming more new yorker now like even how i talk or (laughs) Now I'm walking really fast. They're just uh-huh. like, you're not a Texan anymore. I'm like, I'm always a Texan. <laughs> I'm always a Texan. <laughs> but I love coming home because it just gives me time to breathe and think. And just being in Houston, it's just, it just has that homey feel. I, I just mm-hmm. love it. I just love coming home. Regarding the work that you do, your creative work, what's the best advice that you've been given as it relates to that? I have to say, just be yourself, especially in your work. Show yourself in your work. I know there's, just from a personal experience, there's times where I feel like I have to look like this or make it look this way or it has to be this certain way or have to follow what this certain designer does. But over time, I begin to realize that I can show, be myself in my work and have my clients love it. So I think that's the main thing. Just be yourself with your work and also never go with just one idea. 
I always show multiple ideas because you never know that one idea, you know, that one idea might not work for the client. So it's always good to show just one, like multiple. What's the last good movie that you saw? <laughs> good movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I think I saw that three times. <laughs> I saw that three times. Just the graphics is amazing. Just everything about it was made in the storyline. I'm a big sci-fi fan, so um, I'm always very hyped <laughs> when I see like just sci-fi movies or shows and everything. What are some of your uh, favorite sci-fi movies and TV shows and stuff? When it comes to TV shows, I love old school Twilight Zone. I love okay. Twilight Zone. I think I rewatched all the seasons like 16 million times. <laughs> When it comes to movies, uh, definitely Star Wars. I'm actually excited to, for the new Star Wars to come out. I'm actually like excited slash I'm just wondering how it's going to play out since Disney bought, you know, <laughs> bought the whole enterprise. So I have to say those are my main two go-to movies and TV shows. Old school Star Wars and Twilight Zone. <laughs> I got you. Okay. Well, just to kind of wrap things up, where can our audience uh, follow you online and find out more about your work? Um, you can find me at thatwilkinsgirl.com. It's T-H-A-T-W-I-L-K-I-N-S-G-R-L-R-L.com or brothersandsisters.tumblr.com. All right. Sounds good. Ariel, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with thank me. Thank you for having me. It was, <laughs> it was really No, oh, thank you. It was really good to just hear about the work that you're doing and everything. So um, I hope that people listening will check out Brothers and Sisters. I'm excited to see these figurines when they come out. Yeah. And if there are any VC people that are listening, make sure you get in on this idea on the ground floor. <laughs> Again, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. That's it for this week's show. Big thanks to Ariel Wilkins and thanks to you for listening. You can find out more about Ariel's work through the links in the show notes at revisionpath.com. Thanks as always to our sponsors, MailChimp, Hover, and Creative Market. MailChimp is the premier email service provider choice for entrepreneurs and small businesses, and they support the creative community 100%. Uh, conferences, events, meetups, even podcasts like Revision Path. So help out and support a company that supports us. Check them out at MailChimp.com. Hover is the best way to buy and manage domain names, and they give you everything you need to get the job done. Save 10% off your first purchase by using the promo code RESOLUTION at checkout. And lastly, there's Creative Market, a marketplace that sells beautiful, ready-to-use design content from thousands of independent creators around the globe. Today's Monday, so there's six free goods waiting for you to download and use right now. Make sure you head over there and check those out, creativemarket.com. Also, don't forget to nominate us in the technology category over at podcastawards.com. Link in the show notes for that. And please donate to the GoFundMe campaign so I can make it to Austin to South by Southwest for this presentation. There's already a lot of buzz around it, and I would really like to make it. So link to that in the show notes as well. This episode was edited by RJ Basilio and produced by me, Maurice Cherry. Our intro is by Music Man Dre with intro audio by Yellow Speaker. The outro audio, They See Me Growing, is courtesy of Jimmy Square. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Leave a rating and a review. It really helps us get new listeners, and I'll read your review right here on the show. Revision Path is a 318 media project. If you like the work we're doing with the podcast and the website, then visit revisionpath.com forward slash donate and let us know. Leave a tip in our tip jar, sponsor an upcoming episode, or join at the $5 fist bump level to show your ongoing support. 
Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.